Malachi chapter number 1 and verse number 1. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord. Yet ye say, Wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Where does, uh, whereas Edom saith, We are impoverished, but we will return and build the desolate places. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, They shall build, but I will throw down. They shall, um, they shall call them the border of wickedness and the people against whom the Lord hath indignation forever. And your eyes shall see and ye shall say, The Lord will be magnified from the border of Israel. A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If I then be a father, where is my honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you. O priests that despise my name, and ye say, Wherein have we despised thy name? You offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and ye say, Wherein have we polluted thee? In that ye say, The table of the Lord is contemptible. And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person? Saith the Lord of hosts. Um, and I could go on, but I'm going to stop there. Uh, and then go to 1 John chapter number 4. 1 John chapter number 4, starting with verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us, and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfected in us, Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He hath given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in Him, and He in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love. And He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in Him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment, he that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love Him because He first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. I told you it was a, um, a very rudimentary, simple thought that the smallest child can understand. Uh, but I want to try to preach to you this morning on just a simple thought uh, of God is love. Or herein is love. 
God is God is described as a lot of things in the Scripture. Um, it's true that He is a jealous God. It's true that He is a consuming fire. Um, all of these things are true. Um, and there will be a day where the wrath of God will be poured out. Uh, and I think that day is rapidly approaching. You see, we, we have entered into a darkness in this land. Uh, uh, in this country, we're going to be celebrating Independence Day very soon. And, and I grieve when I think to myself how far and how dark it's gotten in America. Uh, in a place where the Gospel has been preached throughout her history, uh, but we're entering in a time of darkness. And, and I say that because if you're grown, you can do what you want to, and, and uh, you'll have to square that up with God one day. But uh, when we begin to indoctrinate our children, uh, I don't think God will let that go on forever. Uh, I think that the wrath of God will, uh, will very soon begin to be poured out upon this earth. As a matter of fact, I think there is but one thing restraining that now, and that is the church of the living God. I think that the church, by the power of the Holy Ghost, has a restraining influence on this world. But there will come a day when, when I believe God will remove that restraining and, and then tell Satan, basically, do what you will. And that day is rapidly approaching. And, and, uh, and I'm fearful for lots during that time. Uh, but I want to... Uh, so the wrath of God is absolutely a real thing. But, uh, but if we fail to also preach the love of God, and, and it's somehow that, uh, that we, uh, maybe as Baptists, have become too fearful to preach about God is love because we, uh, we get accused of preaching a feel good. Uh, uh, but let me tell you, uh, the Bible distinctly says God is love. And so you can go to the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians and, and anywhere that you see through that whole chapter that love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy yourself, love does not vaunteth itself up. Uh, uh, you could replace the word love with the word God, for God is love. Uh, and we know that God is kind, uh, and God is gracious, uh, and God puffeth not Himself up, uh, and God is not envious. Uh, and so all of that would fit, uh, for there is one thing that is above all, and that is God is love. Uh, and I read to you in Malachi, that was the last book of the Old Testament, uh, uh, and uh, and God has, uh, God has uh, been trying to deal with his, uh, with his own people down through history uh, uh, leading up to the days of Malachi. And he had Malachi instruct him. He said, I have loved you. And I thought about that this week just on that simple fact that God loves me. And uh, I read to you in John that, uh, and I can say to you with all assurance, uh, love is the test. Uh, a lot of people are confused. Uh, talked to somebody last night. Uh, uh, preacher, I'm confused. Maybe, maybe I've been saved. Uh, I'm not able to tell any individual, uh, yes you have or no you've not. Uh, that's not my lot or my part. Uh, but I can by the authority of the Scripture that we read in John declare this to you. Uh, that if you have been saved, uh, there will be a love 
unto God. Love to God is, is the test. Love to others is the test for he that dwelleth in God loveth God and God dwelleth in him and if a man dwelleth not in God he does not love and so I cannot look into the heart of man and tell you whether you have a love to Christ but I can with all assurance tell you this morning I love him I love him and 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 I'm smart enough uh, to realize that there is but one reason that I love Him. And that's because He loved me. Uh, that's the only way that you could ever love Him is if He loved you. Uh, so I've tried to think this week about just that thought uh, uh, that God loves me. And we've, we've, uh, uh, we've been doing this week and uh, there's been talk everywhere you look about the, uh, the men that, uh, that were lost on the expedition to the Titanic and, and it had the world gripped in, uh, in that story and, and people were fearful and I begin to think to myself that I wish we could get that tore up about people lost in their sins. I wish that we could get, uh, because you see those that were out on that little submarine, there was nothing Nothing that we could do to help them. Uh, our, our, our fears were they were just forever lost, never to be seen or heard from again. Uh, but you see, those that, uh, that are lost without God, uh, we can help them. And the way we can help them, uh, let me tell you this morning, tell them that God loves them. And so I've tried to dwell on that thought, God is love. And what Malachi said, he said, I have loved you. And Malachi said that they asked the question, Wherewith hast thou loved us? How have you loved us? How have you shown yourself? You can go back to the very beginning. And just the pure fact that God made man in His own image. Just the pure fact that, that before Adam was ever formed, God loved me. Before, before I ever saw the light of day, God loved me. Before you ever loved Him, He loved you. And so, wherewith hast thou loved us? And there are different stories throughout the Word of God. How that He comes down, I thought, as Christ walked this earth, how He found people that really had no love to Him. But He found an adulterous woman. I told a man this week, listen, he was concerned about his soul. Preacher, I've done too much. He'd been listening to some, I'm not going to say unsaved preachers, but he'd been listening to some unsound preachers. I, I terrified he wasn't one that Jesus died for. I, I terrified that he wasn't one of the predestined. I, terrified he's not one of the elect. I, I, let me set that uh, right clear this morning. I, he loves you. I, I, he spent his earthly life I, I, seeking out people uh, who did not love him, uh, but he saved them. And so I told this man, listen, you don't clean up yourself. We've got them, we've got everything backwards. Somebody asked me this week, preacher, what is it? How do you mark a revival? Is it going to be a success? How do you measure the success? Is a revival for the lost? And my answer was no, it's not. It's for the saved. It's for the church. It's for the church to receive power from God. It's for the church if you receive really get down to it. It's for the church to fall in love with the God that saved us. 
That's what it's for. It's to revive a little. It's to realize that, hey, even in this dark land, that God loves us. And as a byproduct of that, lost will be saved. But that is a byproduct of revival. You can't measure a revival by how many. Let's see, we've got it backwards. We, we think, well, the lost will come the first night and be saved. I'm sorry, but it just don't work like that. See, for God to show up, I believe, and you may not agree with this, for God to show up and revive a people. I believe there first, uh, before He saves the lost, uh, I believe there has to be uh, a thankfulness, uh, a gratefulness, uh, an appreciation, uh, a fellowship of God with His people. And it's a byproduct of that. And so, uh, let me tell you this morning, God loves you. Wherewith how he is, has He loved us? Uh, I thought about when Christ came to the woman at the well. She had no love to Him. She had no love to anybody. She was a sinful woman. She was a sinner. She was an adulteress. She had been married and divorced five times and now she was shacked up with somebody else. She had no love for anybody. She had no love for herself. But Jesus Christ came and in a certain terms He showed her how that God is a spirit and God will say, you see we fail. We teach about the wrath of God. We teach about the destruction. I've tried to preach unto you at different times hellfire and damnation I've tried to preach unto you that there's coming a day when people will die lost without God and hell will be their home. That hell will open up her mouth. Isaiah said she's enlarging herself daily and her mouth is a gaping open. And I've preached that to you. I've preached the fire. I've preached the heat. I've preached the brimstone. I've preached the sulfur. And it has had none effect. And so I thought maybe... Maybe love. I don't know about you, but when, when God came to me as a lost sinner, the first thing we felt was a love and a drawing. A drawing and a pleading. That's what God still does today. Come, says God. Let us reason together. Let us plead together. We talked in Sunday school about the foreknowledge of God versus the predestination of God. My friend, if you were just if you were just born to die lost or to be saved and there was nothing you could do to change that, uh, then I would say that church is not important. I just go out and live like anything. But that's not the way it is. When Jesus was here, uh, my friends, He looked out over Jerusalem and He wept. Uh, before He went to the cross, uh, He looked out over them and He wept. Why did He weep? Because He loved them. And he said, if they had only known, I would have just gathered them together. And so, friends today, a sinner friend today, if you only knew how much that God indeed loves you. And we've been talking Wednesday nights about a man named Nicodemus and about how that, that he was taught from a young age in the Jewish culture that God loved Israel, that God loved the Jews. But it was a foreign thing for him to here, God loved the world. That God loved the world. You could, you could take the world, world out and replace it with your name. And that verse in John 3.16 would be just as true then. 
wherewith have you loved us? He came to the woman at the well, came to her in her sin. That's where He finds us at in our sins. He didn't love us because we were righteous. He didn't die for us because we were good. But the Apostle Paul said, while we were sinners. While we were sinners, you see, we were born into a world cursed with sin. You were born condemned because of what Adam done. Because of another man. Condemnation has passed on your soul. But by the righteousness of one man, you can have eternal life. You see, God loves you. So He found a woman at the well and He sat down there and He talked with her, explained to her the same way He did with the woman or with the man by the sheep of Bethesda. 38 years He laid there. 38 years in His iniquity. 38 years in His sin. 38 years in His state of crippledness. But when Christ came on the scene, he just said, do you want to be made whole? I'm glad He said that to me one night. Wilt thou be made whole? God is love. And wherewith hast thou loved us? And John said, herein is love. Uh, that God sent forth His Son into the world to be the propitiation for our sins. Herein is love. How when love came down, how when love disrobed herself of all of its power, how when Jesus Christ came down 2,000 years ago, it was rightly said, Herein is love. How when the eternal God who created us and everything that you see, how when the time came that He disrobed Himself from all of His glory, stripped of all of His beauty, disrobed of all of His splendor, He who created the angels, He who the angels worshipped in heaven came down to this earth. Herein is love. That God became a man. Uh, friends, you, you might say, does He love me? Yes, He loves you. But you don't know what I've done. I've been wretched. I've been filthy. Uh, God loves you in your wretchedness. He loves you in your filth. And He will save all that come to Him by faith. You mean that's it? Just a childlike simple faith and a simple trust? That's what He said. That whosoever believeth in Me shall never die. That's what it takes. A simple trust and a repentance. But that starts when you realize that God loves you. I don't know about you, but it broke my heart to know that God loved me that much that He would send His only Son. That the Father would tell His only Son from eternity past uh, that you must go, uh, you must be a sacrifice, uh, and that the Son herein is love, said, Father, I'll go. And so the day came. He came down. Uh, the angels uh, uh, marked His birth, uh, and the angels lit up the sky. Herein is love, that He stepped out of glory and came down and was born in a manger. Just born in a place for animals feed. Just a simple little bird. But herein is love that He walked among us. Herein is love that for 33 years He went about. Herein is love 
that for the last three years he began to call people out herein is love that he would go throughout the places and see a broken hearted sinner and save their soul set them on the right track he saved the worst of the worst he came upon he came upon harlots and prostitutes and he saved them and he saved them to such an extent a man asked me last night, uh, the man I was talking to, what if I've been saved? Uh, what if I've been saved and I've lost it? Uh, I said, friend, if you've ever been saved, you'll never lose it. Because herein is love. God keeps those that are His. And herein is love uh, that God, when He saves an individual, well, let that Spirit of God abide with man. Herein is love uh, that when God loves us, we know that. Herein is love that when God saved the harlot, uh, she loved Him uh, in return. Uh, she loved Him uh, and she broke everything she had. She emptied out her life savings on a jar of perfume uh, just to anoint His feet and to weep and cry over Him. And when the Pharisees said, this man surely knows not who she is, for she is a sinner. You know what the Lord said? He said, look at her. Since the time I've came in, you've not offered me any water for my feet. But this woman, since I came under the roof of your house, hath not ceased to wash my feet, to dry them with her hair, and to wash them with her tears. He said she done this because she loves much. And because he who is forgiven much, the same also loveth much. I've got news for you. I've got reason to love because of what He has forgiven. I've got reason to love Him because I know, and I know we live in a culture that you can say that. Wherein hast thou loved us? I talked to a lady one time and she told me point blank I was trying to help her. And she said, God has never done one thing for me. Mama, He's allowed you to live. He's allowed you to be born into this country. He's allowed you to live your life. He's allowed some of you the blessings of being brought up with a praying mother. He's allowed some of you to be brought up with a mother's prayers and a daddy's prayers. He's allowed some of you to be carried to the house of God where the true gospel has been preached and you've still not been saved. Wherewith has He loved us? He's gave you opportunity to be saved. And you've rejected that. And you know what that'll be? We were talking a few Wednesday nights ago about, about how Jesus told Nicodemus, if I be lifted up, and He said, as, a, as Moses lifted up the brazen serpent, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And He was talking about there was a time in Israel's history that God was displeased and God sent serpents among them and if you were bitten by a serpent it was sure death and there was nothing that could help you there was no care for you it's the same with sin if you've, if you've been born into this life then my friend you have been bitten with sin there is no care amongst men for that sin but God designed a way He designed a cure 
And he told Moses, I want you to make a serpent of bronze and I want you to put it on a pole and you lift it up. And anybody that's bitten, if they will but look, they shall be healed. That's, there was life in just a look. But it was a look of faith. It was a look knowing that if I look to that, God will say, can I say to you, we have that same assurance. There is life in the look at the crucified one. It's a look of faith. It's a look that if I look upon that crucified Son of God, He will save me. You see, some are already defeated before they ever try to pray. We must Encourage people, God wants to save. He wants to, because He loves you. And so He loved Israel. He designed a way for them to be saved. And it would have been silly if any man had been bitten and all they had to do was look by faith had to be healed. They would have died a death of a fool had they not done that. Can I say to you this morning, you that know the plan of salvation, the way of salvation, and know that God loves you, and know that God will save those who come to Him by faith. If you die lost, you will die as a fool. Because you've heard the truth. And still you've not been saved. Wherewith, they said, dost thou love us? And Malachi began briefly to, to go throughout the ways that God has showed that He sent prophets to them. He sent them priests. He sent them prophets. He set up a kingdom. He set up a nation. Uh, he, uh, he, he had their enemies laid before their feet dead. What do you mean? How have you loved us? And He said, for all of that, for all the love that I gave you, He said, what do you give me? He said, you offer the blind as a sacrifice. You offer the lame as a sacrifice. Uh, you you, you half-heartedly love me after I've lavished you with all this love. And so, my friend, today, when you have Jesus Christ, the Son of God, come down to die, uh, wherewith hast thou loved us? And John answers, herein is love that God gave his only son uh, to die uh, when they uh, when he uh, when he stood before Pilate herein was love when he stood before Herod herein was love uh, when he stood before in the judgment hall herein was love when they laid his back open herein is love when he gave his cheeks to the smiters herein is love as they plucked the hair off his beard Herein was love. When they dragged him down the Via Dolorosa, herein was love. When they drove those spikes in his hands and feet, herein is love. When he bled, herein is love. When he cried out, Father, forgive them, herein is love. When, he, when his blood trickled down to the ground, it was love. He said it himself that greater love hath no man. No man has loved you like that. When he lets you know you're a sinner, herein is love. For he means to save you. And when he draws you to a place of repentance, as some of you will stand in judgment if you die without being saved. And the only thing you'll say 
If I had an opportunity, I could have been saved had Jesus Christ died to save my soul. But I thought, that's not for me. And you turn that away. I'm telling you, what do you mean, how? How have you loved us, they said. And John said, here's how. Herein is love. Herein is love. Uh, when he bowed his head and he said, it is finished. That wasn't a cry of defeat. That was a cry of victory. Uh, that now it is finished. That I have made a way uh, because I love them. And he gave us life to be the propitiation for my sin. And the sin that deserved my death was punished in the man Jesus Christ. And there it is love. And if that wasn't all, see, that's just the beginning. Because once He saves you, here in His love, He gives His Spirit unto you. Here in His love, He gives comfort to you. Here in His love, when your family is sick. But you've got an advocate. You've got one you can pray to. Here in His love, when you can lay your head down on your pillow at night and know without a shadow of a doubt that death is in the hands of the Lord. And whether I live, I'll live by faith and I'll live for Him. Paul said for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Here in His love that as good as He is to us down here. You want to know what love is? That there's going to come a day when my latest body down, I'll breathe my last breath and I'll be serenaded by angels in Abraham's bosom. And here in His love that He'll say to the saved, enter in. Enter in, thou good and faithful servant. Herein is love. He loves you today. In ways you can't even imagine. He loves you. He gave His Son to let you be saved. He gave His Son to set you free. That Son died the death of all deaths. But three days later, herein is love. That that crucified, risen, the crucified Son of God rose from the dead. Herein is love. That by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, whosoever, whosoever, not you want to know who the elect are. You want to know who the predestined are. It's whosoever repenteth unto salvation and believeth. Has He been made precious to your soul? Herein is love. Herein is love. It's, John said not that we love Him. Well, of course, of course, we love Him. He gave us life. That's not the remarkable thing that we love God. The remarkable thing is that God would ever love us. It's not a it's not a thing out of the grasp of man's imagination to think that we would love somebody like God. But it is totally out of the range of our scope how God would love his creature like us. You realize that when Satan sinned and the angels sinned, 
And he cast them out of heaven. No way was made for them to ever get by. None. But for a creature as low as man, a way was made. Because He loved us. Before the stars were created, He loved us. And before the world was formed, He loved us. Before you were born, He loved you. That's what He told Jeremiah. He said, I knew you before I created you in your mother's womb. I already knew you. Before you sinned, He loved you. Before He saved you, He loved you. Ought we not to love Him in return? I would pray, this has been a a very weak message, I I would pray that God sometime in the next few weeks before revival would really drive that home. Wherewith hath Thou loved us? Herein is love. I believe in order to have a successful revival, there must be a love. A love to God and a love to our fellow man. A love to our lost. Do we love them enough to find what we need? This is all. We need prayer warriors. And I say that, my granny was a prayer warrior. I can remember, and I'm done, I can remember a time my brother was in a bad wreck. He shouldn't have lived. And the woman he was with didn't live. She died. But Granny said God woke her up at midnight. And she started praying by name for my brother. Seven hours later when the news came into her driveway, she busted open the door and said, What's happened to Barry? Seven hours she prayed. Not knowing what was wrong, but that something had went badly wrong. You might say, preacher, I don't believe in that. Oh, you don't. I do. I do. I believe that if God wakes you up, you ought to hit your knees in prayer. We need prayer warriors. Look around at our loss. We've got 15 or 20 that are accountable or about to be accountable. Do you love them? God does. Do you love them enough to pray for them? Do you love them enough to go to them? Do you love them enough to... Do you love the Lord enough? Wherewith hast thou loved us? Herein is love. That's our message going to come ahead with a song.